Welcome to the Wire Women Podcast. This is Emma Cook, your host. I am super pumped that you are listening. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Lindsay Britton. Lindsay is a photographer and is involved at our church, The Village in Dallas. I lead a high school Bible study with Lindsay and it has been really cool to serve alongside her and learn from her. Today we're talking about the importance of mentorship and discipleship. I love this topic because I think these are so important in our walk with the Lord and is what we've been called to do. I'm so excited for you to hear our conversation and I'm praying that it challenges you to open your eyes to those who are influencing around you and the benefits of being poured into you through mentorship. Stay fresh, my people. Okay, here we go. Hey, Lindsay. Hey, Emma. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. Uh, so, Lindsay, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you these days? Awesome. Okay, so um, I live in Flowermont, Texas, and I um, run my own photography business, and I have for about 10 years. Um, I go to the Village Church, which has been my home church for the last, I would say, 13 to 14 years, somewhere around there. Um, heavily involved in our women's um, Bible class on our leadership team. I organize um, a lot of our evening team leaders. Uh, and then I also am kind of starting up a mentoring program underneath that as well. Um, and I meet with a lot of younger women. I love to encourage and equip older women, um, or just women in general, um, really to, to disciple. Uh, I travel a lot. I love to cook. I have a dog, so I hang out a lot with friends. Um, yeah, really just try to like stay busy and have fun. So, um, I didn't know you had a dog. Yeah. I have a a little Boston Terrier named Scout. Oh, so cute. He's super cute. Oh, I want to meet him sometime. Okay. So, uh, how about you also tell us a little bit about your journey with Christ, uh, just how you came to know the Lord personally. I'd love to know. So I actually became a believer, um, in the fifth grade. I remember going to church and my, my family often didn't go to church. I'd often go with friends. And so I went to our Baptist church in a small town and I specifically just remember, um, one of my childhood friends, Libby, sharing the gospel with me and she was like basically do you want to say do you want to say this prayer she kind of invited me into um, this life with Christ and so I said yes and I got baptized and and I'm always like so thankful for that moment like I even text her every now and then because uh, we're still in touch today like and I'll text her and just say like thank you for sharing the gospel with me um I just can't imagine my life you know without Christ but um so I, I accepted Christ at a young age, but like really just had no idea what I was doing. Like had no discipleship, did not grow up in a believing home. And so I feel like from that point on, it's been kind of this like long journey um, and just like a long journey of, of obedience in the same direction, kind of as Eugene Peterson says. Um, and so I was in the youth group, but really didn't have anyone kind of pointing me towards like, this is what this looks like, or this is how Jesus is. And so I feel like I kind of fumbled my way around in my faith for several years. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't sure how to read my Bible. I remember just kind of like flipping through and like pointing and, 
and thinking like, this is what I'm going to read today. <laughs> and so, um, just didn't really know a whole lot, but I, what I did know is like, even though I felt like I had no idea what I was doing, um, I honestly, and sometimes felt a little alone in that, but like, I did always feel, um, just God's presence in my life, whether it was just through, um, just the conviction of, of decisions or whatever it was. Like I, I knew he was real and I knew I wanted to follow him. I just didn't feel like quite like I knew how. And so I feel like that kind of was, was middle school and high school was just kind of trying to figure that out, but not really doing a great job on my own. Um, and then I got to college and I went to A&M and, um, which whoop. was, yeah, whoop, uh, which was, I think just the Lord's direction for me, um, in regards to, I'd planned on going to another school. Uh, I just could see myself like maybe getting in a little more trouble in that, in that city, in that school. And so I was just so impressionable going to college and I didn't know myself at all. And so I, um, yeah, I feel like I just found, um, just a good group of friends when I got to a but I also just became fairly legalistic. Like I was, I was in a Christian sorority and I was going to church and getting involved, but I feel like my faith all of a sudden started kind of forming into this set of rules. And I felt like I was displeasing God all the time with, um, just with my performance and found myself really wrapped up in wanting to be perfect, perfect for my parents and perfect um, for God. And it was just really exhausting. Um, and so I started just feeling uh, like kind of the weight of that, of, of just not being able to really keep it up. And so when I graduated college, I found my way um, to the village through some friends. And that was really honestly the first place that I really just started to grasp the idea of grace. Like I really just didn't get grace in college. It felt a little confusing to me because it felt uh, just too easy that <laughs> the Lord had given us um, something for free, even though like I knew um, when I would read that that's what it said. I really didn't understand what that meant for my life. And so I feel like he really just started unpacking um, different aspects of the gospel for me post-college and I didn't really have any kind of mentors really up to this point. And so I had um, a woman in college who really loved scripture and she, she did teach me how to like read scripture and, and study the Bible. But, um, but I just feel like right out of college, I don't know, sometimes it just feels like you're like, what am I doing? Where mm-hmm. am I going? Like, and so, um, yeah, so I feel like, but that's when I feel like Jesus started becoming like my Lord. I feel like in fifth grade, when I was 11 years old, he, I accepted Jesus as my savior, but this was really kind of the point where I felt like Jesus was my Lord, where he wasn't, um, I was really starting to have to figure out how to like submit my life to him, to put my flesh to death. I mean, so I feel like a lot of that decade of my twenties was a lot of pruning and a lot of healing. Actually, I feel like as the Lord was pruning things, um, and healing things. He was just making way, um, making way for, for fruit to, to allow fruit to like be conceived there. And so, um, yeah, so I still feel like some days I have no idea what I'm doing and have so much to learn. Um, but one thing that I am secure in now 
that I wasn't secure in and then was that I am not alone and that I do have a loving father. Um, yeah. Who has um, a plan and a purpose for me and who has set um, an identity on me and just to walk in that and to walk in the freedom of knowing that it's just not something I felt super secure in at that point. And so, so I feel like it's in some ways it's taken me a long time to believe and receive the father's love for me. But I do think that um, just looking back, I see his hand and in so much of it. And so I'm thankful for the journey. I feel like you learn so much mm-hmm. getting from point A to point B, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. I feel like a lot of girls will be able to resonate with it. Just the, I mean, not everybody, but I feel like a lot of people uh, maybe came to know the Lord at a younger age and were stagnant or legalistic in their views like you were uh, and didn't really come to know the Lord in a real way uh, until they were older. So I really like your story. I think a lot of people resonate with it. And I'm excited to talk to you about mentorship and discipleship because that's obviously something that you've become passionate about. And looking back at your story, you realizing if you had had somebody who was pouring into you and and teaching you um, the word and what it truly means, it could have made a huge impact on your life. And so uh, will you kind of talk to us about why you think it's so important? Yeah, so obviously... I feel really strongly about mentorship and discipleship on a personal level because I didn't have it for, I think, about the first decade of, of being a believer. And so um, just out of my own desire, um, I wanted to be what I couldn't find for myself. And so when I got out of college, um, you know, I started asking women to mentor me. And a lot of them, I was just met with um, a lot of, uh, insecurity of just their ability to be able to do that. And so it, it felt really difficult to find someone who felt confident or equipped enough to disciple or mentor. And so that kind of became, um, you know, just out of a, out of a lack of being able to find that I became passionate about wanting to do it and eventually equipping women to do it. And so, um, and I'm also just passionate about it because the Bible says to do it. Like, obviously, not mm-hmm. just, you know, Jesus says, go, therefore make disciples of all nations. And so, I mean, that's what we're created to do is go to the nations and bring this good news of, of the gospel. And so, and I think that, um, I think what I love about discipleship is I think that it's a beautiful design because God could teach us himself, you know, like about Mm -hmm. these things. But, um, I think that God is, puts a lot of value in community because even like the Trinity is in community and fellowship with each other. And so he's designed us for community. So I love that while he could have revealed all of these things to us individually, um, what he wants us to know, he desires for our growth to happen into the, in the context of community with each other. And so we get to know different facets of who God is by learning from and teaching each other. And I love that because it, because your experience with him is going to teach me different things, you know, and like we get to teach each other in that way. Yeah. So, um, so I really look at discipleship is, is not something that we have to do, but something that we get to do. Like it's really a privilege. And I think, yeah, we get to learn and grow with each other in that, because I think you're always, you're always being discipled or 
discipling someone into something is what I've said. It's like mm-hmm. kind of you're always discipling someone into something. And so being intentional, you're always teaching someone something. Um, and so I just think it's important because in that way, because it gives you kind of a frame of intentionality to realize like you're always taking something in. Um, and to be a critical thinker about what that is, because it's teaching you something about the world around you, but also the way that you interact with the world around you is teaching someone else what you believe about God. So when we think about discipleship from that mentality, we're more intentional about what's going on in our relationships. We think about the fact that, um, I'm teaching someone something about who God is in my interaction. And so I think that gives us. Um, just more of intentional thought processes when we're interacting with people. And that doesn't mean that we're not going um, to mess up. Like we're obviously going to mess up, but, but I think even in that, um, just thinking, well, this is an opportunity for me to model forgiveness. Or this is an opportunity for me to show humility. And so I think that thinking about ourselves as disciples and then always having the humility to be discipled as well and mm. be taught um, is not, um, does not equal we have to be perfect, but it does always give us the opportunity to show humility um, and to model things for other people. And so I think it's, it's a convicting and it's also puts a really good weight of responsibility on us, like to think about discipleship and to think about it through that lens of like, I'm always teaching someone something, whether whether I realize that or not. And so I think that is really important. And and that's why um, I think I'm so passionate about women um, specifically Mm -hmm. understanding that you're doing it, whether you think you are or not. And so to to be equipped and intentional about it is just going to be more fruitful for those around you. Yeah, that's so true. I like that. So Let's say that there's girls who are like, yeah, you know, that's something that I desire. Uh, I want to be able to be mentored and then also pour that back out. But specifically in talking about being mentored, what are some things that you think we should look for in a mentor? Well, I think first off, obviously, it's important to look for someone that's actively following Jesus. Um, I think that Really, that's the most important part when you think about, am I equipped to disciple um, or who's going to disciple me is thinking about, like, are they following Jesus? Uh, That, again, does not mean they have to be perfect, but someone who you can see has just patterns and rhythms in their life that are faithfully, that are about, like, faithfully knowing um, the Lord and doing his work. And so Mm -hmm. I, I always think of things through this kind of, like, I always have this, like, flow diagram in my head of, like, love God, love people. And if I'm having a difficult time loving people, then um, I maybe need to go back to think about like, man, how can I love God more? Mm. So, because I think when we are full of God's love, that overflows into our love for people. And so I think looking for um, an older woman or, or someone that you know, like that, that's just loving people well, um, because they're probably loving God really well. And they're probably yeah. having with God. And so I think just looking for not perfection, but, patterns and rhythms that show um, that they desire um, intimacy with the Lord. Because I also think that, um, also think that too, when 
you're desiring to grow in a certain area and finding people that are good at that. So for me, mm-hmm. there was a season when I was really weak in my prayer life, but I knew it was important and I really wanted to grow um, in prayer. And so I sought out women who just were like prayer warriors and they just seemed like seasoned. And because I think a lot of these things take practice and we don't think they should. Um, but I think it, yeah, just like to have depth in your prayer life, like to practice that with someone. Mm-hmm. And so I sought out women who just were just really praying all the time. And so that helped me grow as well. So I think something too you can look for is just women that are strong in areas that you want to be stronger in, like in that you can yeah. be in. And so, um, but yeah, the thing I love about it is no matter who like is discipling you, um, if you're both pursuing Jesus, you're both going to be transformed together. And I think that's the beauty of discipleship is that not one party is just growing. Mm. But I learned so much from the girls that I meet with. Bible. And so there's just a mutual benefit of growing and learning um, in any discipleship relationship. Yeah, that's so true. And I like that you said about, you know, finding people who maybe are stronger in certain areas. And I think he totally gives us people in seasons of our life, like you said, where we might need an extra bit of blank, right? So like when I was in high school, I had a great mentor and it wasn't necessarily this like, let's meet once a week and Uh, have coffee and talk about all your feelings. I just like hung around her family all the time and watched her life. And she was so intentional with just asking me questions that I had never been asked before, especially as a high schooler, like no one's intentional with you. It's just like, Hey, how are you? What's up? You know? And then in college having, um, somebody who is just kind of on the other side. She's just in her later 20s and walked with me through some really tough seasons of of college. And so I think he gives us those people. And so if you're somebody who's listening and is like, yeah, I want that, but I don't, I don't know anybody. I don't know what that looks like, that the Lord's going to give you what you need when you need it um, in, yeah. in a mentor or something like that. So and I think that um... – I think too, like you're going to have many mentors along the way because mm-hmm. really like as someone who's mentoring, I'm kind of just meeting someone where they're at and teaching them what I know at that time. So mm-hmm. like what I knew 10 years ago is very different than what I know now. So I feel like too, the process of mentoring and discipling is kind of always growing and evolving in some ways. Like, uh, and I kind of distinguish them a little bit in the sense of discipleship for me means like a clear, we're clearly pointing towards, towards Christ and the way that Christ, um, his way of being the way that he lived and mentoring, I feel like can, can encompass teaching people a lot of different things, like whatever, whatever you're good at at the time, like, um, you know, whatever maybe you're gifted in and maybe that's hospitality or maybe that's like another gifting. Mm -hmm. And so I think like they often happen simultaneously, but I think that it's kind of a process that's continually evolving and and that you're going to have different mentors that are going to teach you different things. And in that there's discipleship that's happening. That's always pointing towards Jesus. And so I think like that is the important part is that different women are going to teach you different things along the way. And that's the beauty of it is that um, there's so many different kinds of, of 
experiences that they've all had and you can get get to glean from all of them you know in a way and then you also get to turn around and teach your own experiences and teach your own like giftings um and kind of help younger girls identify their gifts and help build them up in those things and so i think that uh, it's just kind of that overflow process of mm-hmm. like overflowed into you and now you get to overflow into someone else and help build them up and help them identify how the Lord's wired them. And then, um, yeah, but I just, I love it. Cause it's, it is a process. I feel like, uh, like some girls now that I meet with probably have like just a more equipped version of me than, than when I, mm. you know, discipled someone like five years ago, cause the Lord's still constantly teaching me things. And so, so I, I just love it because it's really dynamic. Um, it's never, it is kind of like the word is living and active. So is this process. Like mm-hmm. it, is, it is always evolving and changing. Growing. Yeah, that's so true. So what are some ways 20 somethings could begin discipling others? I think first and foremost, practicing holiness and faithfulness in your own life. Uh, by that, I just, I mean, practice walking in the spirit and setting your mind on things of the spirit so that you have a heart that's cultivated to bear fruit. And I think as you bear fruit, um, that's going to trickle down into the relationships around you. And I think that in your, in your twenties, sometimes it seems, or for me anyways, it kind of seems like I don't have anyone, I don't have anything to offer people like, but you have the gospel at minimum, Mm. really not minimum at all. Like you have, you have the gospel to share with people. You always have the opportunity to share that. Um, but you also have something to offer someone like there's Mm -hmm. either younger girls around you in your church or even in friendships. Like I think that coming and faithfully walking alongside girls, whether that is uh, women at work or women that, you know, in college or, or wherever it is, wherever, wherever the Lord has placed you recognize that you have the opportunity to show God to someone. And so it doesn't have to be called a formal discipleship relationship, but I think that it's the most, the thing that makes the most sense is, is geographically wherever you are, look for someone around you, mm-hmm. kind of start faithfully walking alongside them. And most likely um, the Lord's going to teach you something and the Lord's going to teach them something. But I think when we, when we practice just faithfully pursuing the Lord too, um, you start bearing fruit without even, realizing it in in those kinds of relationships because you're going to be a bright light to someone you're going Mm. to um you're going to impact someone around you because the presence of god is with you and so Mm. you are especially in a place with unbelievers like you're going these people have the opportunity to to meet the lord just by being in your presence because you have the spirit in you so so i think just faithfulness in that um in, in walking with God is important, but again, to just look and take inventory of who's around you and mm-hmm. that might be here in some context. And, and if you feel like you have no one, ask the Lord to just highlight people, like ask the Lord to bring people to you. Like that's, he desires for us to do this. He desires for us to disciple um, and, and draw others closer to him and point to him. Um, and so he'll be faithful in that. Like he'll bring you, yeah yeah it's good like why would he not just like start boldly asking the lord to open your eyes to people around you because like you said there has to be people around you that are at least learning from you that you have no idea 
you know, you have no idea who's watching your life and how you're living it. And so, um, and again, just also like seeing that discipleship looks a ton of different ways. Like we're, we're, we're talking about specifically about one-on-one discipleship right now, but, but even in a five minute conversation with your neighbor or with someone at work, like you can be teaching them something about the Lord just by the way you're speaking about the Lord. And so, so realizing that, um, that in a lot of ways that there's always discipleship taking place. And that's why I think it's important to kind of frame it in that way of like, you're always discipling someone into something mm. because then you will see every opportunity is, is a way to teach something about God. Even when you mess up again, it's an opportunity to teach them about humility and teach them about asking for forgiveness or um, whether it's receiving or giving forgiveness. So um, there's always an opportunity to the image of the Lord to someone else. Mm. Love that. Is there an example that you have of someone in your life that you have been mentored by and, and how they impacted you? Definitely. I feel like I've had a lot of people, um, especially post-college. I probably had people pre-college. I just didn't really necessarily know to identify them as as mentors at the time. But, um, but yeah, we... There, um, post-college, when I was in the village, there is uh, just a woman named Jen who we kind of joke that she's my friend tour because she's <laughs> my friend, but she started out as, as someone that would, yeah, just invite me into her home. Like we never necessarily like went through a Bible study or anything, but I would just spend time around her and her family. And it really just showed me so much uh, about how a family interacts because my family did not quite interact like that, but it showed me um, just how, how you can just how a, just a, a husband and a wife interact in healthy ways, how a family mm. interacts and just how they had this like community among each other. And, um, but then also I just learned a lot about watching her parents because discipleship in some ways with, with younger girls, can feel like parenting sometimes like they're, mm-hmm. they're like kind of embarking on, you know, their own life decisions and getting to do things. And it's so easy to want to tell them what to do. And it really is uh, just practicing like releasing control. And uh, you have this desire to just tell them what to do because you don't want them to make the same mistake. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we do learn from the struggle and we do learn from the mistakes. And so I saw her do such a great job about caring for their heart first before their behavior. Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't care about the behavior um, that we exhibit, obviously, that the Lord asks for, um, you know, like outward obedience in certain ways. But but I feel like she would she would ask them questions about why, why do you want to make this decision or why do you want to wear this? And she would really get down to the motive and then they would just dialogue about that. And, um, and she would really let them walk out in some decisions. Like, whereas some parents I feel like would have put a hard no down because they were trying to protect. She let them walk in decisions, trusting that she did the best job she could knowing um, that they're going to make, they're going to make their own mistakes and they're going to learn from those. Mm. And then just watching like her kids walk in some of those things and then see them make the right decision, make the decision that was actually best. And so I've 
learned so much through watching that and just the way that, that I interact with girls that I meet with. Cause mm. sometimes they make decisions and I'm like, this is not going to go well, but <laughs> I'm like just saying, Hey, like I'll tell you kind of what I think, but at the end of the day, like you get to make this decision and, but let's talk about why you want to make this decision. And so I think that, um, has just really been super impactful. I just learned kind of a new language mm. in some ways about how to, uh, how to just navigate those kind of issues that has been really impactful in, um, the way that they trust me and the way that we interact. And so, uh, and then just, yeah, learning so much about what it looks like from her to be, a, a strong, like, female just I think Mm. she taught me so much about um that my intelligence and um also just biblical literacy like there's so many things that she's taught me that almost gave me permission to be that in my own life Mm. where when I was like I don't know if this is okay or but I feel like she just gave me permission to be intelligent and to be strong and to to be literate and um, to critically think and to question things and to, um, yeah, to just be who I am. And so I feel like she taught me a whole lot. I've had other mentors along the way that um, one of the women that I currently walk with now, like I feel like she teaches me so much about just kindness and gentleness. And uh, as the Lord continues to just sanctify me, um, I can be sometimes more blunt or honest. And I feel like, she just has such an empathetic spirit and she's so gentle that I just like watch kind of what she does. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and scripture even talks like that or talks about that scripture talks about, um, how everyone when he's fully trained is going to be like his teacher. And so mm-hmm. I am all actively looking for women, not to necessarily be in a formal discipleship relationship, but I, I do am always looking for women to be around that are the things that I desire to grow in. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of women that I know who just like are amazing women of, of prayer. And I just want to like be in the room when they're praying. I want to learn from them. Um, don't necessarily like meet with them every week or anything, but I just pray for <laughs> opportunities um, to be around them and just grow. And so just by listening, so mm-hmm. I, I'm actively placing myself around people that I want to be like, knowing that the Lord has gifted them in certain ways. And, and I just kind of want to learn just by observation. What is that? What is that verse? Do you know about Luke 640 uh, says a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he's fully trained will be like his teacher. And mm-hmm. so I love that verse because it uh, reminds me specifically that a lot of times the girls that I mentor and disciple, like they do pick up my language and they do pick up on just uh, the way that, that I handle things. Even one of the girls the other day was uh, she's meeting with someone and she was like, I, I handled this thing like you handled this with me. And that's can be really encouraging or really scary, you know, right. <laughs> kind of like, Okay, like, and so again, it, it kind of feels like that healthy weight of accountability to be like, how am I living my life? Like, is is there something that's keeping me from 
from just imaging the Lord uh, in an accurate way. And so again, that doesn't feel like condemnation to me anymore. Like it doesn't feel like, Oh my gosh, I messed up. It feels, it feels more like, okay, like I need to ask the Lord, like, why did I react this way? Or why did I handle this thing this way? Because people are watching me. Like I, it is again, a lot like parenting where like younger, you have little children in your home um, that are watching you and that are going to imitate you because ultimately that is what discipleship is, is learning and perfecting the art of imitation. And so it's really, um, there's just a lot of wisdom in who you place yourself under to imitate, but also um, just examining your own life often. Mm-hmm. knowing that like people are looking at you and people are are imitating you like maybe not everybody but there's there's someone that's probably looking at your life um that maybe thinks highly of you and they're going to do or say the things that you do and so right that, that is um is again like can be really encouraging or really scary really scary right yeah so Yeah, I can see that for sure. And so many, I think about even just like in friendships and who you surround yourself with, you always find that you pick up on different things that they say or different like mannerisms or things like that. You know, it's so interesting to see how we like imitate each other. So that's just a good lesson of surrounding yourself with people that you want to be like, right? That you not necessarily are perfect because no one is, but that are actively pursuing the Lord and, and maybe have parts of them that you, you want to put on, like you said. Yeah. And I think just, that's a good point of just, what is the quote? Like you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with or something like that. And so I I do think it's important to spend time with people that stir your affection to the Lord. And so I'm just taking into account of, yeah, but knowing that you're you're going to pick things up from them and you're going to, yeah, like you said, you're going to speak like them. You're going to dress like them. That's kind of just what we do as humans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I think even just thinking about the way we worship, the way we pray, the way we like spend time with the Lord. Like if um, if you're spending time with, with someone in a mentor relationship that's not maybe practicing those things, then like you're not going to know to put value on them. So, right, right. Yeah, it's important to to consider who who you're placing yourself around for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I love that. Okay, Lindsay. So I have three questions that I ask every guest on the podcast. And the first one: What's one thing you wish you knew as a twenty-something? Oh man, <laughs> I, I wish I had known um, how much how much God loves me. I I just in my twenties. Um, I think I just thought I was, he was just constantly like waiting for me to mess up. You know, I just really didn't understand fully who, who he was as a father and who, how just, yeah, just how much he loved me. And so I think that I wish I'd understood to the depths that I do now. I wish I'd been able to receive the father's love then, um, as I have been able to now. And I think that when we understand how much God loves us, then we understand when he says who we are, um, when he says our identity, like we believe that. And so I think I spent so much of my twenties feeling tossed about in my identity because I just don't know that I trusted my father, you know? And Mm -hmm. so 
I, I think now that looks very different, but yeah, I just wish I'd known and believed who he said he was. So I could have known and believed who said, who he said I was. Mm. So that was, that's just one thing I think would have just really changed the landscape of my twenties for sure. Yeah. I feel like that's a common, a common thing. And I'm like, okay, do I, do I, like, do I know how much Lord, because I want to put that on too. Like, I don't want to look back and be like, I didn't realize he loved me so much, you know, uh, that's a good one. And it seems like it's hot topic. Uh, are there any resources you could put in our hands around the topic of mentorship and discipleship? Um, First and foremost, just the Gospels. I think, obviously, Jesus has given us a model um, in himself, like he came to earth to show us how to live. So I think just really studying the Gospels is is a great place to start, obviously. Um, but there's also a book called Discipling by Mark Dever that's part of the Nine Mark series. Um, it's a short read, but it's really practical, and I enjoy it, and it's a great kind of way just to little diving board into um, discipleship if you're if you're desiring to disciple or you're just kind of trying to like understand how to do that more practically because it can be intimidating a lot of people it feels intimidating to say hey do you want to come hang out with me and you know right but sometimes uh, it doesn't have to be as formal as you make it but I think this book makes it um, really easy and then one of the best tools for discipleship that I have found is just questions. And so mm. I think asking questions is always um, just a really great thing to do when you're, when you're talking to anyone or you're trying to counsel anyone, but there is one set of questions that I refer people to a lot. And there is an author named David Pallison and he has this set of questions called x-ray questions. And you can just Google x-ray questions by David Pallison, but it's kind of a list of like 35 questions that can really apply to just any situation. And there's a few that I've just like picked out that I just kind of always have on hand that really just help me get to the heart of a situation with people. Like Mm. what do they fear? What do they desire? Like there's something at the core of what they're saying or doing. And so I'm usually trying to uncover what that is. And so those questions I think are just great tools and then there's obviously like all sorts of great podcasts that you can learn from. I personally learn a lot from the Journey Women podcast. I really enjoyed a lot of her podcasts. And I actually learn quite a bit through um, through a lot of the guests that she has on. And she has one on mentoring and one on discipling. But she also has some other great ones just about walking in freedom as women or some on conflict that have been super helpful. And so I think mm. we're kind of trying to navigate what does this look like, you know, in my, as I'm, you're kind of navigating your twenties and figuring how to, how to navigate conflict with people or how to, um, how do I walk in that freedom? Uh, there are mm. some great that, have that I've really enjoyed that podcast a lot too. Yeah. I love it as well. It's one of my absolute favorites. I also, I was going to read The Cost of Discipleship by, is it Diedrich Bonhoeffer? Have you ever read that? Yes, The Cost of Discipleship is really great. And also... um, Yeah, I I have it. (laughs) I actually am bringing it on the plane with me 
tomorrow because I'm finishing Everybody Always by Bob Goff, which 10 out of 10 recommend. Uh, but then Cost of Discipleship by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. So have you read it? Yes, The Cost of Discipleship. It's been a long time, but it is a great read. I also love Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Um, it's another great one just about community. Yeah. So I think that as believers, um, community is so important. Again, as we talked about with discipleship, just doing it in the context of community. And so I think that's another great one as well. Love it. And lastly, what is refreshing you these days, Lindsay? Well, it's a hundred degrees outside all the time. <laughs> yes. uh, so the first thing that's refreshing me is Topo Chico or really mm. soda water. Um, whether it's LaCroix or I go to Sonic time and just get like a route 44 soda water with lime. So I, I, why not water with lemon? Uh, that is true. Maybe I'm going to have to switch now. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Another thing um, that's been giving me life is there's a publication um, called Cultivate, and it's by a group called Cageless Birds. And they just have – it's just a really well-done publication. It's a, it's a trade magazine, and it's just got really beautiful pieces of writing that articulate the process of living from your heart in God super well. It's also got just beautiful imagery and asked some really good questions. I just have felt really inspired hmm. by that publication lately. I've got a couple different volumes. Um, I think they put out four at this point. They put out one every quarter, but that's been just super inspirational and super encouraging um, just to read and mm-hmm. think about things of the Lord in a different way. So uh, that's been giving me life. And then also, um, I mean, I know it came out several months ago, but Stephanie Gretzinger's Blackout album is still mm. just giving me life. So, yeah, I love it. She's the voice of an angel. She does. And she just, there are just some lyrics um, in some of those songs that I just absolutely love and that have just really spoken to me. So, yeah, I feel like I still have that album on repeat for like the last six months. Or yeah, long. sometimes it just happens, you know? It's true. You got to have it on your Jesus playlist repeat. Yeah, and I mean the new Drake album too, so. Oh, don't get me started <laughs> on Drake. Uh, Can I say that? <laughs> 100%. I love Drake. Yeah, Stephanie, you know? Yeah, they should, oh, what if? what if they did like a, Oh, man. I'm just imagining if they did a song together. What it would be like. Yeah, that would be. That'd be so great. God's plan mixed with. God's plan with, like, blackout. (laughs) (laughs) We could make a remix. That'd be good. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get on a, we'll just, you know, Instagram, Champagne Poppy, and see what he says. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Easy. I talk to him all the time. For sure. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for coming on. I super appreciate it. And uh, I think this is really good to resonate with my listeners. Oh my gosh, well, thank you so much for having me. Subject I love to talk about and definitely not an expert in all the time, for sure. But uh, I just am super passionate about it. I'm glad that you let me talk about it here. Of course. Love you, pal. Love you too.